Hi there, I'm Jack Bull, your host, and welcome to the Hole-in-One Golf Podcast. I'll be talking with some interesting golfers from around the world, as well as covering many other golf stories. In episode two, highly regarded tour golf coach Matthew Tippett shares his journey with me, starting as an assistant professional in Wales and working his way up to a worldwide coaching career. Matthew has coached many tour players, including Adrian Moronk on the European Tour, as well as LPGA and Champions Tour players. Matthew now works as part of James Seekman's Academy, coaching players across Europe, Africa, and Australasia. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing, mate? Yeah. I was life in Kiwiland. Ah, oh, sorry, it's night time now. So yeah, Saturday night down in New Zealand. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I love. That was great. Whereabouts are you now, mate? I'm living in Chichester. Oh, cool. So, uh, first time. First time back in the UK in 17 years. Wow, 17 years. Yeah, I left. Something like that. Left, left just after my 21st birthday from the from Port, from, from the Riviera of Portugal. From Portugal. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Like that's mad. Giving up all those wonderful night spots of the five-star Michelin Apollo and things like that. <laughs> so I mean, uh, yeah. So have you not have you not looked back since then? Are you are you glad that you you know moved on and travelled around and and coached everywhere else and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, I think um, I think even when we were when you were still in Call and you know we played a bit together. Yeah, um, kind of always wanted to go down the coaching route. Yeah, um, sure, yeah. Always, I knew I wasn't I knew I wasn't good enough at an early age to to be a, to to play tournament golf. Kind of like, level, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. I just wasn't that good enough, you know. I I could play. I was a good good club pro, you know, at that level. I, I definitely I knew at a very early age that I wasn't good enough to be a player. So I think I was quite lucky to realise that quite early on. Um, and coaching was always my passion, really. So um, I went through PGA and I got my first job in Dubai. Funny enough, after I qualified, which is not a bad job. That's pretty good. It's pretty sweet, isn't it? It's a good place to start off somewhere, you know, sunny place like that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, then I, um, you probably know, you probably remember when I used to go to the Ledbetter Academies, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I remember you saying like, um, you know, I remember when I when I used to watch you coaching a little bit, and uh, you said like Led Ledbetter was was kind of, um, you know, like a bit of a mentor and you know someone that you looked up to and and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I, I knew, I thought, did he, have, did he give you coaching? Did you go to the Ledbetter Academies and get coached up there? I am the academy, so um, I kind of followed the academies around, which wasn't easy at the time because it was the first one, so I'm based, based in Porthcawl. The first one was in and then the second one was just south of Newcastle where they moved wow. to, so it was like... all over the um, place, isn't it? Wow. Like, you know, I wasn't... Yeah, you know, I was driving around in my little Fiat Panda, which was like <laughs> the stereo was worth more than the actual car. <laughs> and, and oh, the, the most important part of the trip was would I actually get there and get back? Not the not the golf lesson. Um, so yeah, so I followed them around, and then um, I got offered. I got like his policy to join the academy as a coach was basically one. It was one in, one out, and you had to be a past student. Wow, the that's pretty tight, isn't it? Yeah, so um, I had to wait quite a bit. So um, I did two years in Dubai, um, then I did a year in Portugal just yeah. to help a friend set up like a teaching academy. And then I got the call then, and uh, I was off to China. Oh wow! So I did. I did four years in China. I did a year in Hong Kong and a year in Korea. Wow, so you you've been a, you've been overseas ever since you were like twenty one, basically, have you? Uh, yeah, 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 basically, yeah. And then I uh, then I arrived in Poland in two thousand and ten, and yeah. I've been basically I came back. To, well, I'm half, I'm like half between Poland and UK now, and uh, I kind of made my base in Chichester in two thousand and eighteen. I mean, what, what made you pick Chichester in particular out of everywhere? Um, I needed, I needed, um, I was traveling quite a bit now. Yeah. I, I traveled and um, 
uh, with my new with my new job and things like that. So um, I needed to be near airports basically. Um, so it's just uh, I'm lucky enough that I'm based. I can teach at Goodwood. Um, so I'm like my UK base where I do most of my UK teaching. But basically, I had to be near an airport, and Goodwood gave me that opportunity. So I'm like an hour and twenty minutes from Heathrow and, and an hour from Gatwick. That's perfect. That's perfect, really. Yeah. That's so awesome. yeah. So that's that's kind of like what I've been doing. Wow, that's the last sixteen years in a nutshell. Then, lots <laughs> of countries. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, uh, so now I represent. Um, basically, I, I travel a lot. So um, I represent a guy called James Sequin, who's yeah. like uh, he's he's classed as the world's number one short game coach, wow. um, based in America. So I represent him in Europe, Asia, Africa, and Australia. So I'm uh, bouncing. I bound, and then obviously I follow the tour as well and things like that. So um, I travel, or I used to travel a lot. <laughs> it sounds like you travel non-stop, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it is. I did what? I was on the road for 38 weeks last year. That's pretty good, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know you're traveling a lot when you, um, so generally I take the same flights. Uh, you yeah. know you're traveling a lot. The staff at the airport say, "Hey, Matthew, how you doing? Where are you going?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you you know you're traveling a lot when that happens. God, if the flight staff all know you, yeah, you're traveling all non-stop, and you basically. Yeah, if I know, I enjoy it. It's like you know, it's it's what I always wanted to do. It's it's got a few yeah. sacrifices because I'm on the road a lot, um, but it's always it's what I always wanted to do. You know, be out there coaching coaching some of the best players in the world. It's quite a privilege to be able to do that really and I get to see the world yeah I mean you must love coaching there right yeah it's great you know it's just a buzz it's like it's like it's amazing it's like when I used to play and you know if I you know when I used to play well which wasn't that often but I, you know but I'd shoot like 69 68 and I just wouldn't get a buzz mm. um and it was like that's what I'm supposed to do and then when I was when I started my teaching at a young age and like i'd help a student from 36 to like 28 or down to 24 or down to 18 i got such a buzz and i just, and I just like you know and i think the final nail in the coffin is i i qualify i made it through to final qualifying for the open oh wow. uh, I, went through, I didn't know that with all the qualifying stages and then i made it yeah. through and i'm standing there and my do you remember david whitefoot yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he, he was caddying for me, and right. we were on the range practicing. Yeah. And it was, and at the time, so these are really big players at the time. It was Mark Rowe, Jean Van der Velde, Trevor oh. Immelman, okay. Roger Vessel, <laughs> and me. That's <laughs> the whole big players, yeah, big time. yeah, massive. So I was warming up, and yeah. there's there's a net at the bottom of the range about two two fifty. So what course um, is that? They've got open qualifying? Southport and Ainsdale I was, going, I was qualifying yeah. at, um, which is next door to Hillside. And yeah. um, these boys hit the range and they're hitting driver like three quarters of the way up the net. Yes. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing the ball five times into the, on the ground five times before it reaches the net. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, wow. uh, and it was like, yeah, okay. So I just stopped hitting like, and just started watching them and just said, ah, Matt, like, you just can't do that. Yeah, I remember, I remember when you were younger, I, I got this feeling, did you used to play a lot of cricket before golf? Yeah, cricket well, Cricket was my first, cricket was yeah. my first before golf. Yeah, you know, golf was just, um, so I played cricket, played for Wales a few yeah, times, oh, pretty good stand, but um, I just burned, I was playing, like when I was like 12, 13, I was playing cricket seven days a week. Wow. And I, and I was just burnt, I just burnt out. I just got burnt out yeah. and uh, um, didn't want to do it anymore. And plus the system was rigged as well. So yeah, just like, couldn't be bothered. It probably, it probably, did, it probably didn't help when I told the Welsh selectors where to go at 13 years of age. That's fair. <laughs> If it's that rigged, you would, yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. I remember, I remember it was, it was rigged. 
just was for me. If you didn't come from, if you didn't come from the right club, right yeah. part of the part of Wales, then you had no chance. Oh wow, that's that's incredible. Um, what was I going to say? Like, um, yeah. So like, I remember after the cricket, I seem to remember that you were. I don't think you were a couple of years older than me, but um, it's almost like you went straight into assistant pro. You know, as from a young age. I don't know what age. Yeah. Were you assistant pro. Um, Pete, Pete really helped me a lot. He was great. Oh, he, was my, right. he was my coach at the time. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Pete, he'd do anything for you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he was coaching he, me as well. Like, so, so um, I was actually doing my A-levels to go and be a lawyer. Oh. I, was, I, was studying, I, I, was, I was living in Hull with my mom and I was doing English, yeah. history, English history and law as A-levels. And I just hated it. You know, I didn't hate it. Wow. It's just like, I'm sitting in the classroom. I remember it to this day. I'm sitting in the classroom <laughs> doing land law. Yeah, right? it's very boring. Like, <laughs> but if anybody can't get to sleep, just go on the internet, find land law. You'll be gone in three minutes. <laughs> Danny, it's brilliant. It's up there with the rules of golf, you know. Yes. Uh, uh, I was looking out the window, and it's this beautiful sunshine. I just said to myself, "I'm not meant to be here. I'm, this is not what I want to do." And I got up and I walked out the class, and. Um, went back down to Puthcall and Pete Pete was brilliant. You know, he sat me down and he goes, he says, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be a pro. Um, I, want, I want a coach. So he did me a deal, which was great. He said, okay, so here's the deal. Um, you can work, you can work in the shop, help me out for the sub rest here, the summer. Um, you've got to get your handicap down to two. Yeah. And if you don't do it, you go back to school. Wow. That was the deal. It's a pretty tough ultimatum, but yeah, it's what, what you need to do, isn't it, right? So I was, you know, I, for me, it was a win-win situation. If I get down to two, I can turn pro, or yeah. I go back and a lawyer. Yeah. So it was like, hey. Fair enough. So I, uh, he was great, you know, he, he helped me a lot. So I have a lot of, lot of no time so that was 18, 18? Yeah, 18, I turned pro. No, 19. 19. Turned pro and then uh, went through the PGA school and um, eventually I did all my training at Pilot at P and K. So yeah. um, I was lucky. And Rob was Rob was brilliant. You know, he's such a such an amazing pro to train under. You know, he put what six uh, six guys through PGA training. So wow. and it was my home course as well. So it was like where I grew up playing as a junior member. So. Yeah, I suppose that's, that's where, I mean, I, I remember you were at Paul School, but I, I guess I'm more associating you with Pyle because that was your home club, wasn't it? And that's probably where you did yeah. and stuff. Remember, I remember you at Paul uh, School as well, I bet. Yeah, Pete, well, Pete was great, you know, he used to help, he helped the kids a lot. Um, and, you know, I used to love working down there, it was great, you know, what, what better place for a golf fanatic? <laughs> amazing cool. golf, amazing golf course, amazing practice facilities, amazing shop. Um, yeah, I mean, well, Pete um, started off at Pyle and Kenfig as well, didn't he? That's where he came from, like so. Yeah, it was his dad. His parents had a house up the side of the ninth and all things like that. So, um, you know, it's you know the, the two clubs have an amazing history with each other. You know, they, you know, we're so lucky to have <clears> in a in a small town like Porth Call to, yeah. to have two amazing golf courses like that in the town is like amazing. Well, you got Portugal and and Pyle, which are basically back, almost back to back, aren't they? I know, I know, like at, you you drive around a long way, but like actually, this the seventh of Portugal, and then you know the club at Pyle. It's only oh yeah, well we was as juniors. I'll probably get in trouble for this. As yeah. juniors, we used, to, we used to do the, we we made a consummate golf course. So we used to go 10, 11, 12 at Pyle. Yeah, jump across the fields. Go, <laughs> Go, is it? We so you come out at like what the fourth par three, the yeah, fourth yeah, par three, the fourth, well, fourth call, yeah, yeah. We go four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and then go back to back, par. <laughs> back up five, back up five, <laughs> back, 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 and then walk, walk down past Scare House and down the road again. Oh, wow, then, yeah, I think as a kid, so, you get away with that as a kid, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was like, so we used to do that, and like the amount of times, like, because. You know what Puthcall was like, you know, it's so quiet there. It's not, not very often packed there. Hardly anyone there, generally. Yeah, normally. Yeah, so we used to do this little concert, of course. We'd have, we'd have, we'd have the Royal Pile and Kenfig Challenge. And uh, 
So we generally pick the worst days. So if it's a bright sunny day, we wouldn't do it. But if it's a bit overcast, a bit windy, that would be a good time to do it because we knew we'd get away with it. <laughs> get away with it. Yeah, no, but, um, I mean they're both great courses, aren't they? I mean, I suppose I remember the the British Amateur, like they had qualifying on both, didn't they? And then yeah, the well, they was a great course. Then. Four now, they've had four now, haven't they? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I'm, I can't remember the last one. And then it was like Richard Finch shot sixty-one round piles, didn't he? But uh, yeah. I mean that was I'm insane. And then he and then he just went on tour. Sorry, well, I've never a new tee box be built ever to make it a new so fast in my life. When uh, <laughs> yeah. did, we can't have sixty-one as our course record. But to be fair, like he start, he was a sensational player, wasn't he? And then he started off with like seven or eight birdies chipping in and then he on tour he went straight away like didn't he you know he was obviously a, a great yes. kind of player like. I was my first year as an assistant at Pyle then I think first or second year and he yeah, like that's like wow that's that's a proper golf <laughs> you know? yeah I think he, I think he finished with six birdies something like that I know he just burned it up didn't he he lost in the first round in the match yeah like, yeah <laughs> But he went on and like, went on tour, didn't he? I don't know. I think he's playing now. But um, no. So I mean, like, do, all right. So a bit of a random one. Like, I mean, do you do you prefer Piles and Kenfig compared to Course Call, or do you think what do you think is the better course, or are they both just each their own? Both both good Lynx courses. Uh, yeah, I think the reason I think the thing that goes against Pile is the road that goes through the middle. I think it it just yeah it just it bit, makes yeah. things think you know the back nine of Pile. You know, I think I think everyone everyone's always said, you know, if you put another nine holes out into the nature reserve, yeah. You know, exactly, I think yeah. that talking about then two amazing golf courses, but you know, but I think you know the you know Puthcall Puthcall's uh it's a really nice golf course. It's a lovely track. It's hard. It's just it's just a shame you can't make it any longer because mm. it's right it's right on the edges now. You know, unless so I think I it's so, probably. Yeah. Just a bit too short to have an open. Yeah, I think they could you know? sneak a few more yards, but like, um, they, you're right, they couldn't make it a lot longer. And they, I mean, they're talking about having, the, they're gonna have the ladies open, aren't they? I think the women's British. Ladies so open. That, that's awesome. I hope to be there with uh, some oh, nice. players. Cool. Um, because I, I was there for the last senior open. Um, I was working, working for my boss, looking after his players there. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's something I think in in the modern day. It's just for these guys, you know. So, you know, I think it's just fractionally too short. Um, you know, fair. if it didn't blow, I think they. If it didn't blow, we had a really hot summer. I think they. Yeah. I think it'd be. <laughs> it'd be a bit too. Short. I think, but I think both courses are great. But I think, you know, the road just goes against pile a bit to get. Yeah, I mean, I think the back the back nine is as good as any in Wales, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and you've got like Harlech back nine and Paul and Pyle, and they're, they're you know Pyle's as good as anywhere. And I think, like, say the front nine isn't as good as the back nine, but and the road is is in the middle, which you don't have a Paul School obviously, but um, like it's still a great course. Yeah, they're both. You and know, we just awesome at Pyle. Yeah, yeah, we you know we're just so lucky to be able to have those courses and. You know, we help each we help each other out as well a lot, which is great because I suppose when I was growing up, like, um, it was pretty lucky. Like, you say it was super lucky because you got three amazing, three really good courses on your doorstep, and and you know mm. there was a lot of good players that come through, weren't there? And like, say there was a lot of um, teaching pros come out of there. So you know, like yourself and you know, like the Leons, Leon, uh, Leon Warren, yeah, Warren and, and the Leon from Pyle and Reese Davis. Yeah, on tour and stuff. So, um, and loads of others. You've got all the others, you know, like the Peeps and all those guys at Pyle who were. Yeah. Their, their sons yeah. now are winning everywhere as well, aren't they? I think. When I was a junior, you know, we had probably a junior section of about 45 kids. Oh, it's huge. And, it was massive. Yeah. To get into the junior squad to play for the team, if you you had to be off five or lower, otherwise oh, you didn't get in. Was, yeah, you know it was like, like phenomenal. Standard. standard was phenomenal, um, and of course then you know we we were just you know we, we lived up there. That's all we did. We just went up there and we stayed all day. Um, then obviously we went on to win 
the team. Then the club won the junior county championships three years in a row, which has never been done before, uh, which is really cool. And they're back to winning again now, which is, I think they've won it two years in a row now. So, oh, they had a phenomenal so, team. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, we were like, you know, we just we were just lucky. We just had so many kids and just we just had that era. And you know what it's like when you get a load of play, good players playing with each other. They bring everyone else along. Yeah, I mean, even on our age, I think at Paul School we had probably about ten really good players, and obviously Reese, Reese was, you know, by far the best. But all the rest mm -hmm. of us, like, it was great having a good player, and then everyone else played half, you know, better as well. And like, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was going to be a unbelievable junior. God, it's like just phenomenal. Yeah, scary good. But um, no, there was heaps of good players in Wales, and when there, and then. Well, I, I guess what they're going off tack a bit, like, it seems like there's there was heaps of really good junior players, you know, like Zach and Reese and loads of others as well. And then I don't know why, but it seems like we don't produce as many of this, those tall players. I know we have done, you know, you've got like your Phil Prices and your James Donaldsons, but I just, I don't know why not as many have, have gone through, you know, I think, let's say compared to like, say, Northern Ireland, I know that's probably, you know, just... Uh, they're on their own up there, are they? What, what they've done, but like, uh... yeah, something, something obviously, something goes wrong between amateur and pro. When they make that jump, something is, something doesn't happen for some reason. You know, I'm not involved with the Welsh golfing union yeah, at all, um, so I, I don't know. But um, it's, I think a lot of people underestimate what the what the jump is. Oh, it's huge, right? It's massive. It's, uh, um, the the culture that you have to create to become yeah. a tour player is like you've got to be on it six days a week, yeah. doing ten hours a day, and you know any any wow. youngsters out, you know, like the jump is phenomenal. Wow. You know, even for me as a coach, you know, it's like I I I I've had to up, over the last two years. I've had to up my game since being on tour. It's just just to expand my knowledge and go about how do I go about what I'm saying faster? Yeah. You know, to, rather than going like taking my time, you know, things like that. It's, you go, you know, I'm constantly learning. Like every day I'm learning, watching stuff, reading stuff. So it's the same for coaches as well. It's not a case of you're the coach or you, you just need to stay where you are while the player has to work really hard to get up there. You know, I've got to expand my knowledge as well. So. Yeah. It's a two-way thing. Otherwise, you know, you'll get left behind, and that's the thing. The jump up is, you know, for any any kid out there who's thinking about yeah. going to be a European Tour Pro or a PJ Tour Pro or um, a ladies European Tour player, things like that. If you're not shooting five, six under on a regular basis around your home golf club, don't bother. So do you mean like you mean like every week, right? Every week or two, you should be shooting. Yeah, because you hope you know. As a teenager, like. Me, me, you know, I've played Porth Goal thousands of times. You've played Porth Goal. I'm similar to Pile and Kent, but yeah. We don't need a rangefinder to go around those golf courses. We just know it. Yeah, you, you know, know the brand. Oh, yeah. You know it all, yeah. So, you know, if, if, they're, not, if they're not shooting on, an, on a reasonable day, okay, if it's blowing and rainy, but on a reasonable day, if you're not shooting five, six under regularly, you're not going to make it. You're not, I'm not saying well, you're not going to make it. Around a tough court, well, even around, like, say, Pile and Kent yeah. or Porth Goal. Yeah, six under yeah. every other week. On a, on a reasonable day, on a reasonable day where it's not mm -hmm. blowing that hard, with today's technology, if you're if you're not shooting five six under, then you're going to struggle. Well, for instance, the last the last time I played with Reese around Paul Scholl as an amateur on uh, for a knock, we played off the blue tees, and he played off the back on every hole because you know he loved loved playing off the backs. And like you say, it wasn't long, super long, and he shot. He was like ten under. Yeah. And, and I think I, I was like having a great day and I was like two and it's like, oh, wow, that's amazing for me. But I, but it was, you know, it was like another 10 yeah. shots. And then, you know, you, and then like on tour, he wasn't, you know. Yeah, you know, the, like, obviously. you know, it, it's regular. Like, you know, you, you look at the PGA Tour guys and they post on social media and, hmm. you know, it's not, it's normal for them to shoot seven, eight, nine under around their home course. Yeah, I saw you that know. post a couple of weeks ago. It was Ricky Fowler, wasn't it? Justin Thomas, and he said, oh, I yeah. shot 63 and lost by like four. <laughs> yeah. But it was just so, a lot. Uh, like, you know. Yeah, you know, that, that's, they're doing that pretty much every week. 
So, I mean, do, do people come to you and say, oh, is it like the old days where they say, oh, hey, you know, you've got this kid who, who's off scratch or whatever. Should he turn pro? Like, what, what advice do you give to those guys, those uh, teenagers now, you know, who are, good, who are decent players? They might be off two or three or scratch or whatever. Like, what do they need to do to get to that next level? Like, is it, is it that huge? How do they, you know, cover the they give up. Like we just talked, you know, they've got to be able to. They've got to be. They've got to be shooting five, six under week in, week out right. around their home. Um, and then it all. Like I'm a big fan of the American college system. Yeah. Right. Um, I I think it's. I've 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 helped five five players now go to college in America. Um, and the reason I like it is because one, you get an education. Uh, which yeah, is for me. Yeah. This is true. Because um golf is not guaranteed you're not you know the one percent of the one percent make it yeah um you live away from home so you learn to be on your own you learn to yeah, take like care of yourself right, yeah. um exactly like tour yeah. uh you're very very competitive environment so unless you're shooting super competitive uh, unless you're shooting 12 to 15 under par for a four-day event that's where you go to shoot to win so, so it teaches wow. you to go low you know, um, you play so many different courses, different grasses, different greens, traveling around the country. Um, so I, I strongly look at for, for people to go to America, to college, because it just, it just builds you as a person, makes you uncomfortable. Um, and you've got to have a really great team around you, a great culture. You know, some people turn pro, like, straight out of amateurs, which is fine. You know, you can do that. Rory did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think going to college, getting an education, it's like you've got, if it all goes wrong, you've got something to fall back on. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important. But um, but getting a good team around you is really, really important for, for a young. So you've got to trust your coaches 100%. You, do you have a physical trainer? Do you have a physical program that you work to? It's not, it's not like mine in your day, where it is you hit balls and like, if you hit it well, you you were a good player. Yeah, no, yeah, it's different now, and it? it's very yeah. different. Like. Those, 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 you know, be, being a good ball gets you ten percent of the way now. So is it is it basically now your focus is on the whole the whole package? You know, like the you've got to be really fit. You got to hit it great. You know, you've got to strike it amazing, and and then short game, or or are you looking at one area in particular, like short game? Or? Um, on tour, on tour, I concentrate on short game. Yeah. Because uh, those, well, you know me, but those those, those people who don't know me. I'm not exactly the tallest person on the planet, uh, so I never really hit it very hey, you're far. Plenty, you're plenty tall, man. I'm, you know. Yeah. All of, all of all of all of. So um, so yeah, so I, short game was always my strength as a kid because I wasn't very long, so I had to be really good from a hundred yeah. yards in. So I, I didn't get to a two handicap by being an amazing ball striker. It was just a case of I, mm. I was very good from 100 yards in. So on tour, I do short game. I specialize in short game. I do. Um, I still coach swing. Um, but it's – and then in all the other areas, like fitness, biomechanics, psychology, statistics, you know, I know I, – I, I have a lot of people I can talk to who are experts in all those yeah. fields. <clears throat> So, so I, I get to know the most important 20% of those things. Mm. And then if, if a player needs obviously much more than that, like more than the 20%, then they say, well, you need to go to the expert now. Um, so it's like, you know, a, a golf a tournament player now, a tour pro will have a team of probably between four and eight people around them doing different stuff. Um, uh, in one way or another. So, but most of the time, you know, when I'm on t when I'm out on tour, it's just me. Generally, it's me, the captain, and the player, because the other guy, the other people don't don't travel with them. So, uh, I've I've got to know, I've got to know twenty percent of basically, which is the most important bit of what those guys know, and then I know obviously a hundred percent of the swing and the short game yeah. stuff. That's awesome. So, um, so I mean, like, who who are the best players that you're you're working with or who have worked with is there anyone in particular um like stand out also Frank, um who hey, i've man. been working with 10 years now next month oh wow. or this month um he's the first polish player to be on the european tour 
uh, he lost yeah. in the semi-final. He got to the semi-final of the amateur at Port yeah. Cork. Uh, lost, lost to Scott Gregory um, in the semi-final. Um, he won it, so, didn't, he? didn't he? Win it? Yeah, he won it. Yeah, yeah, he won it. So, um, wow. Uh, I coached him for ten years. Uh, so he's really, he's the real deal. He's really good. Um, I do a lot of work with some Asian tour players. So uh, a guy called Naoki Sakoti, who um, he won the Asian Development Tour last year. So he's now on the Asian Full Tour. So I did some consulting with him. Uh, and then I'm lucky enough then to, because my boss coaches a lot of players in America, I'm lucky enough that I'm able to either assist him with those players. So I've done some work with Stuart Sink. Oh wow, cool. Um Skip Kendall I was with at the senior open. Um who else? Smiley Kaufman. Do you know Smiley Kaufman? Yep. yep. I did some stuff with him. Um and then I've been I've been around my Bob when we've been with Tom Panice, Duffy Waldorf, yes. um stuff like that. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that ne at next year's Ladies Open I'll be doing some stuff well, at least helping out with IK Kim. Stuff like that she comes over and hopefully i'll have hopefully i'll have some lady players of my own to look after as well so that'll be quite if, cool if you, can, if you can get into port call then uh you'll be the local man there when you basically you know <laughs> well it's, it, it was it's, I, I did um uh skip kendall came over for the to qualify and it was like he calls me up and he goes i want to come over for the open what do you recommend um and i said right you need to do your qualifying at pile and kenfig and I said, I'll just talk, I'll just talk you around. I'll tell you exactly Every where shot. to go. <laughs> yeah, so came over with his mate to caddy. We did a practice round. I literally did a map. I did yeah. a, I wrote a whole. I did an eighteen-page um, file of eighty. I did one. I did one for him at pile. Yeah. So he read. And I did an eighteen-hole thing for Porth Call. It's a lot of local uh, knowledge, isn't it? It is. It is. I'd say at least half of it is local knowledge, just knowing. Well, it is. You know, the lines, the lines that you take, and things like that. You know, you know, everyone was taking safe lines, and I go, no, just go a little bit left of that, and it'll just yeah. kick off down and and stuff like that. And it's like the amount of trouble I saw people getting in on number seven was phenomenal. You know, well, it's like so, at, at uh, no at Porthcourt on the par three. Yeah, it's like everybody. <laughs> Everybody like the pin was at the back, and it's like you know you, you can't land go long there, do you? You can't land it on the back and stop it. It just goes one hop yeah, straight off. over the back. Yeah. So I was there, I and I said I said to all the guys, so we had what five players there, and on the I would give them all a dossier of eighteen holes, and I said on number seven, whatever you do, do not attack the flag at the back. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It was it was down it was downwind, and it was on the back shelf. And it just it hits that back shelf and just takes one hop straight over the back and you're dead. Mm. So oh, um, made, I bet I bet your guys made the cut that week, didn't they? Yeah, the old the uh, yeah they all did. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> should you should have got a good well. cut on that, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it was all getting a bit exciting because uh, Tom Panice went out mm. and he he was leading like top three after the first. Day. I'm thinking, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then Bernard Langer went crazy. Oh, that was something else, wasn't it? That was that that was like a clinic from you know. I mean, he's yeah, such a phenomenal player anyway. But like, he was in the zone, wasn't yeah. he? And he's so good for his age. Oh, he's, he's like he's a machine. Ger German efficiency. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't really showing his age, was he? <laughs> at that point, uh, in time. not at all. You know, so he's so fit, and he just hits yeah. it so. And obviously, he's going. You know, he, his putting is is pretty strong. He just, you know, he lapped the field, didn't he? It was just a procession yeah, in the end. Like, it was incredible. Oh, the course looked good though on TV, and that the setting, you know, it looked amazing. On, I wasn't there, but like I saw it on TV and that. And it, yeah, well, practice, practice round is blowing a gale on the back. Oh, wow. It was like howling, um, and then it, the rain then came on the first day, um, just like sideways. Like, and then the weekend. Luckily, then the weekend was really good. Uh, so the wind died sun came out ball was running uh yeah, so it was the like the field was incredible too wasn't it there was so many good good players you know like fred couples and yeah Ron Daly and all, yeah. all those kind of guys it's like it's back to you know we're, we're standing there hitting balls and tom watson's next to us like you know <laughs> tom watson. 
he, he actually spoke really highly of the course, didn't he? He he said he really liked it and uh, it was great. Yeah, yeah he, he did. You know, all of the, I think you know all of them like all you know. There's nothing not to like about about the Royal. You know, it's just a wonderful golf course, and you know, generally when people say I don't like it, they've generally gone out and shot eighty five. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like if you. Shot a hundred round Augusta, you probably say nah, overrated. Rubbish. <laughs> you know, so it's like, but um, yeah, it's a great track. It's a great track. It's just, it was funny because it's like we're always used to playing it from the first by the shot, and like the first, the first hole was the eighteenth. Oh, of course, yeah, I know that. That that was weird. So I, that wasn't yeah, and then eighteen seventy. So it, it was just a bit weird. It's like because I I was always. I was always one hole behind when when the players were asking what to go on number six. I was actually talking about the actual six as I know it. So it was like I was always one one hole behind them in terms of and they say no, no Matt number number five is par three. No, it's par five. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like okay whatever. Um, no, that's awesome, mate. So, I mean, like in terms of like your your achievements and that, is it? It's really through a sort of coaching spectrum, is it? You know, like or you, the players you've helped get on, like get to America, get on tour. You know, like like Asian, for example. Yeah, you know, I I go to Asia. I'm in Asia probably five times a year. Um, yeah, I'm actually scheduled to go to Australia four times next year. Wow. Um, so that's the schedule at the moment. Um, we've got a new project. New project um, opening up in the Gold Coast, which awesome. um, I'm going to be in. So once a quarter, it looks like I'm going to have to go down to down to the Gold Coast, uh, which is not that's a, a tough do. job, you know, because the weather there is superb and the whole time. That's a, that, that's a tough one to do. So um, so yeah, so I go to Asia probably four times a year. I go to Australia four times a year, uh, and um, I'll be bouncing around Europe then most of the wow. time. Um, I go to America probably two times a year, three times a year as well. Yeah. So, uh, so achievements, you know, so that's, it's like, we just got to do everything to help the players. It's not, you know, I don't see it as a personal achievement for me. Yeah, of course, yeah. I, I, I do my job properly, then everything else will kind of take care of it. So I'm, I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these coaches who, wants to be in the limelight and up in the front and, and things like that. I like to like do my, I'd like to do my, I like to get in, do what I got to do and get out. Cause there's a lot of, you know, life on tour can be really, there's a lot of, my opinion, there's a lot of coaches who really want to be out there and up front and in center and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah and I, I just, that's not me. Oh, yeah. I just don't like, no, I, you're I just don't. Guy. Yeah, I, I know you're, you're pretty down at earth, aren't you? Feet on the ground kind of guy. And yeah, you know, it's, you know, I'm just a, as I say, I'm a golf pro from fourth course. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, if I do my job right and I do it to the best of my abilities, yeah. then, you know, the player does well. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm paid to do. So that's the more important thing for me. And if they, if they happen to win an Open Championship or a Masters or a US Open, then I'll quite happily raise a nice glass of wine that's to you and say... <laughs> Oh, well, there's no reason why they shouldn't, uh, especially, you know, the mixture of players, you know, you've been involved with and stuff. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, you know I've, I've been on tour two years. That's, that's all I've been out there for. You know, I've made my way, done the hard yards. And now it's almost like, okay, you've, it's almost like, you know, you've gone from, if you look at it from um, a rugby perspective, yeah. Mm. I start, I've now made it into like the Super League stroke international. <laughs> And you're the youngster. You're the youngster. You got to learn. You, you know, you got to learn your trade again and build your reputation. Of course, yeah. For that, so you know, and our policy, we're trying to help the people below the lower level. Yeah. Because you know, when you get on tour, the generally the guys out there or the girls, they've generally got their coaches anyway. Yeah. Um. So it's you know, you can't exactly walk up to like Rory McIlroy and go, "Hey, yeah, you know, hey, I'm Matthew Tipper. I'm going to help you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, True. they'll generally seek you out uh, at some point. But it's the, the it's the men and the ladies who are just below that level, certainly in the ladies' game, who don't have like the financial opportunities like the men do. 
um, right. so they don't have much money. Um, they so sometimes they have to sacrifice maybe getting some advice from like you know more like more ex like specialized coaches. Yeah, you know uh, we're trying and um, we're trying to help them out a lot. So you know if if you're good enough, it shouldn't be about money. You know and you'll. And that's what Pete taught us, you know. Pete and Rob taught taught me that. It's like yeah, you know, it's true they did, yeah. you know, it's like Pete. Pete, you know, never charged me for my lessons. Oh, you know, right. he give me half an hour, but I'd have to help him in the shop. That was that was that was that's how I paid him. Um, um, that kind of rubbed off on me. Is that you know, if you're good enough, it shouldn't be about the money. And then when when we do reach the goals that you want to get to, then you'll reward me somewhere down the line. Yeah. You know, so um, I think that's important to to kind of step over. So, yeah, we, you know, we still get paid, but it's like if somebody's really good, then we, we can make an investment in them as well. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and people, people call me up all the time, you know. It's like I have no issues with people calling me up, asking me a question or something like that about short game or something like that. You yeah, know, so I mean, how does it work with, with, with like the time you're spending with people? Like, is it all one-on-one -on -one or do they, are they phoning you? Or do you think, do you see like it being more of an online thing in the future where people send you videos and, or you, you know? I, I, because I've got, because I have students in Asia and things like that. Yeah. I've been doing that for like three years. Oh, for years, yeah. So, so it's, it's, this is, this is not new for me. Um, cause it's like, yeah, it's one in Asia so um, one of our policies is certainly in Europe is that we actually travel to the player that's why I travel so much yeah. um, so we'll actually travel to them to their home club and we'll spend like two days three, two days with them three days one-on-one um, -on -one. Yeah. if I'm at a, tour I'm at a tournament um, and I've got a couple of players there then I'll have to make a schedule right what time do you want what time do you want and we'll make a schedule. Um, they're always late, which is a, always a pain in the ass because it it's, uh, screws with my schedule a little bit. Um, and then that's not good. That's not good. Uh, you know, from a professional uh, point of view, is it like you know, tour, it's, tour, tour, it's what's known as tour player time. Pretty much. So <laughs> if they say nine o'clock, budget for nine thirty. So of course, I'm always there. Like I'm very punctual. I hate being late. Yeah, so I'm always. 38.45, I'm there, yeah. set up, ready to go. And then I think to myself, hey, probably can go and get a coffee now and wait for them to get here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then obviously when I'm traveling then they send me their swings um, yeah. or their, their, their short game stuff. I look at it and then I'll do a video um, and I'll send back what I see and what drills to do and things like that. And I've been doing that for like probably wow. about five years. So it's, it's, it's are pretty successful doing that. Like, is it? Do they do they watch the video and then follow what you tell them and then? Yeah, you know, because you've got so they've got. Hang on, let me get you something. I've got this. So I have one of these, uh, which we'd have to go that way. So it's called a yeah. live view camera. Oh, cool. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, like I've got a track band and things like that, but I use this the most. Uh, this is like the most amazing training aid you've ever seen. So basically, uh, it's a live camera. So basically, you put this down the line face on. Yeah. You connect it to your iPad, which is down in front of you, and it gives you a live feed. Oh, wow. And you can draw lines on it, and and you can yeah. save and record and send swings and things like that. And, um, and so every player that I work with has, has one of these. So where do you get the, that from? Like, you, can you just buy it online or...? Uh, I'll, keep, I'll put you in touch with my mate in Australia who runs it okay. um, and it's um, they're absolutely amazing like it's like a game changer um, so in the in the app then you so let's say I wanted you to be perfectly going up the plane line in for that in chipping mm. so or you're moving your head a lot or something like that mm. you can make a template in the app draw the lines in save it and then it's permanently saved in the app wow so when you when you come out to train then you say you hit that button the lines pop up on the screen and you just fit yourself to the lines and you and you're working on stuff um somebody with back swing if you want to like get your shaft in a certain position 
you can draw that position onto the screen, save it, and it would be Jack's halfway back position. Mm-hmm. Hit that, and the line's there, and you just practice with it in front, like, with your iPad down in front of you. So, do you remember the days when we used to like turn our head when we were looking in the mirror to make sure it was all right? Yes. Yeah. But now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Position, yeah. So, now, now the screen is down in front of you, so you can stay in position, you can move, and the camera's giving you live <laughs> feedback. So they all have one of those, so it's quite easy then to be able to say, right, I need you to do this exercise, this exercise, this exercise. Yeah. Um, those templates will be saved in the app. and they, So you actually give them the responsibility to be accountable for their own practice which is you know very very important you know, rather than kind of holding their hand all the time yeah. because i probably see them probably once a month probably when i'm out i try to go onto tour onto tour once twice a month um so they can easily go wrong in between that time yeah <coughs> i mean like so, you yeah. can you can keep track of you know multiple players um basically remotely can't you with that, with that and then you will yeah, we we'll have, see them obviously live but it won't only be once a month or twice a month or whatever and the rest of the yeah time. we have a, i have we have my my boss has a system we call it accountability monday yeah. and tuesday okay cool so in tuesday they have to send us um their their techniques yeah and they have to send us the scores of the games that we set them so that has to happen every monday and tuesday so so that we can make sure that they're going down the right path, they're going down the right way, that they're not moving offline. So, and if they don't send them, then we simply don't work with them. Wow, well, that's, that's a bit like uh, the kind of all, all black sort of rules, isn't it? No, no dickhead rules sort of thing. Like, you know, idea. almost like a zero yeah. tolerance, isn't it? Like, if you don't want to do the work, then forget about it. Like, yeah, you know, you know, a really good, a really good student who's doing the right things that you ask will, will make you look really good. Yeah. But a really bad student who's still getting the good, good information can make you look bad, you know, and, and it, it can, and they just, it just gets frustrating when you're investing a lot of time in that person, asking them to do the right thing and they're not doing it. And then they send you a message saying, Oh my God, my chipping is so bad or my bunker plays so bad. And then you look at their technique and it's like, it's nowhere near where what you've been asking them to do because they haven't done the drills and the exercises that you've asked them to do. So, you know, the best, the best players, the best players in the world, like your Rory McIlroy's, your Dustin Johnson's, your Kepka's, all them, yeah. Yes, they're amazing golfers. Yes, they're amazingly talented. But the main reason I believe why they are where they are is that they do the mundane things every single day without fail so they will turn up and they will go through their process absolutely the nth degree and they will not move away from that what you'll find about the people who don't get as high as they are or go on tour off tour on tour off tour Mm. at some point the chain will break there'll be a gap in the chain somewhere along the line and they'll go searching for they'll have this very finite attitude of, I need to win, I need to be the best, this isn't working, okay, I need to go find another coach, and they're going to be the magic. And they just do that, they just go around trying to find people, and they end up back to where they were. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's the difference, is that, so we, we really, really have a high demand on the culture of, this is the plan, this is what we have to do. You have to follow that plan. Um, and the problem with that plan is it can get very boring because you're doing the same things over and over and over again, but that's what the best do. And then you spice it up then with games that you play at the end of your practice. Okay, this is what we're doing. Okay, let's, let's change the trajectories. Let's go higher, lower, lower. Boom. Let's play a game. Let's all things like that win your way off the practice screen um and that's really really important so like my I, i'm i'm not in that kind of situation yet where i can say to like pro players go away because i'm just starting out 
but my boss, my boss every year fires his worst student. Wow. Who, who gives it, who gives him the most headaches, who like just, is just like draining his time and not doing, it's not listening, not, yeah. not listening, not doing what he wanted to do because, you know, he's got, he's got so many players who want to work with him, but his policy is he only has six players on tour. Wow. So that's because he just says you just don't have time to get around more. You just don't have that. Yeah. You don't have the quality. You know, the most players I've had at one event was three on the Challenge Tour last year. And I had breakfast and the next time I ate something was at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> because yeah, one would then one was late, so then my time gets pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, mm. pushed back. Um, so, I, like, I was exhausted going home, like, and that was three. And, like, I, I called him up and I said, how did you do six? And he says, tough. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, so that, that was it. So, yeah, the culture, the culture that you create for your student and the environment that you create is really important because it's it's there for them you know it's not for it's not for us it's for them to help them get better and yeah, of course for so. them to improve in the you know if, if a player if a play a player wants it now well actually they wanted it yesterday but they wanted <laughs> yeah, they all do right yeah and it, like you know you you might have a session one day where it all goes amazingly great you know, me and you have both had lessons where we went out straight after and absolutely ripped it. I was like, oh my God, there it is. And then you go out the next one <laughs> can't hit a dog's oh, ass. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So um, we always try to have this infinite mindset of, look, let's just get 1% better every day. Yes. Yeah, you, know, you know, if you if you can be better today than you were yesterday and keep that going, mm. that's going to be a 7% increase in your in your skill level every week. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. So it's like that's a lot, and it's like mm. it's that infinite that infinite mindset of let's let's not focus on winning. Let's not focus on because that's what golf is all about. I need to win. I need to win. I need to win. No. Yeah. No. Do the right things the right way every single day, and the winning will take care of itself. Mm. And and this is, you know, this is where a lot of players I think really fall down. There's such an emphasis on a finite. I have to win. I have to keep my card. And you end up making really rash decisions. Yeah. Um, and, and they change a coach or things like that. Or they change, you know, we call it the three C. So when, when a player is playing badly, the first thing that goes are the clubs. The next thing that goes is Addy. And then the coach is the last to go. Yeah. So, so <laughs> as, as, a, as a, if, when the clubs and the caddy go, you know that you're, you're probably getting quite close to being fired. So, which is, uh, which is very common in, in our business. You know, it's like you get, we get fired all the time, you know, but, but it's because of this, the players have this finite attitude of, I have to win. It's all about winning. And that's why now you've seen such a, in, uh, an uptake in, in mental depression on tour now and things like that. It's, uh, there's so much, pre there's, there's such a finite attitude out there. Mm. That is causing people just to get so messed up um, and, and unhappy and things like that. You know, I, I walked into a locker room at the KLM Open 18 months ago and just there's a guy just literally crying in his hands, you know, and it's like, you know, like he was talking to his caddy, I just can't do it. This is a disaster, you know, I can't hit it. My family are going to be suffering. Yeah. I've got to, you know, I was in such a bad place. Um, and it shouldn't be like that. It should not be like that. No, you're right. I mean, you I, know, I think they've recognised it a little bit recently, haven't they? This year, they've they've yeah. come out and like players have been talking more pissed, been open about it and stuff. And like, yeah, you can yeah. I can imagine it must be. Tough. Still you don't to see the winners, don't you? And then you don't yeah. ever see the other people that didn't make the cut. And yeah, exactly. You know, it's you know, someone. You know, I I, I was depressed for two years. I went through a, a series of depression and things like that. Mm -hmm. and, you know, my after going through that, you know, it is you know it's true what they say. You are a better person when you come out the other side because you you go through much go so through so much trouble that. Um, so my goal when I'm out on tour now is that you know I want to yeah I'll help you with your swing, but I want to help you become happy as a person. Happy, yeah, cool. Yeah, 
I think, because if, if you're happy as a person, that means you're going to be happier at home, your family are going to be better, uh, and the chances are you're going to play better. So, you know, I have a, like a long reading list, which I give to players. Oh, and I say, go and get these books or download the audio books, whatever your preference is, read them. And then I have what I call a little book club. Yeah. So I'll have a player and they say, right, I'm going to start reading this book. So I said, okay, I'll read it with you. So we'll say, right, okay, let's read the first chapter by the end of this week. And then we call each other up and we discuss the chapter. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So I, I've read these books for 15 times now, but it's like, but every time I read them, you pick something up new, but it's trying to get them to switch from that finite kind of attitude to that infinite. What, what infinite. Sort of books are you reading? Like, is it Rotello or something like that? Or? No, 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 no. They're good books there actually, because they're good stories, but I'm a massive, massive fan of Simon Sinek. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. So Start With Why. Yeah, Start With um, Why, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, the one out now, The Infinite Game, which is just a game changer. It's such an amazing book. Um, oh, cool. Big fan of Robin Sharma. Um, big fan of Deepak Chopra. Um, and it's these type of books that are really changing the way that people look, you know, how I'm trying to help players to say, look, there's more to golf than just winning golf. You know, you're never going to win at golf. You know, golf always wins in the end. So stop trying to beat, <laughs> stop trying to beat golf and start trying to become a better person than yourself to just play the ride. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's how I'm trying to help players. Well, then, so I've got a junior at the moment. I've just start. Um, he's he's eighteen, seventeen. He's just about to co go to college in America. Yeah. So um, we started. He's now. I've joined. I've done a book club with him. So. He needs a lot, you know, he's doing a lot of work on his psychology. He's a really good player. But he needs to up his mental program. So we started a book club with him. So I'm reading, I've got about five books on the go, all to go at the moment. <laughs> so you do a lot of reading then at the moment. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like I like reading. I'm not a fan of audio books. It just doesn't, I keep forgetting them. It doesn't resonate, but I like to have something in my hands and read and things like that. So, um, so that's really important to me. So, I mean, like, what what are your goals and stuff, or what, what's going to happen after you get to go travel again? Are you going to start the clinics again, or have you got any other big projects this year, or what are the goals? Yeah, yeah, I look to do, I tried to do between 10 and 15 clinics around the UK, um, so on short game, then yeah. obviously I'll be back as soon as possible, I don't know when that will be. Yeah. Um, because I know, like Australia is probably not going to happen until next year. Because I just don't think they're going to let people in, mm. and, and you know that. Down in New Zealand, same thing. Mm. Um, Asia is going to be. I can't go to Asia until they lift the quarantine. Because when you land in Asia, you have to do fourteen days. Oh, so man, I can't go. Yeah, yeah, you want to go there. I can't go there. So, um, so it all depends really on what, how they open up. You know, the European tour now has been is being cancelled until probably August now. Mm. Um, so Crans, the Crans Dossier went yesterday, so that's not happening now. So the, I think the British Masters is going to get pushed into September, I think. Um, so I think it'll just be a lot of travelling to see players at their club at the first time. And then um, hopefully it'll start to open up again and start people can start flying again and things like that. But, uh, how, do you, how do you think it's affected the players? Because I, I, I get the feeling that, you know, some of them are freaking out a little bit that, you know, oh, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, a lot of the, you know, you see a lot of stuff on social media about, yeah, yeah I'm hitting balls and I'm in the gym and all things like that. Or, you know, this, this is an amazing opportunity to read a lot. Yeah. This, this is an opportunity to work on their mental program, in my opinion. Yeah, of course, yeah, no, you're right, definitely. But, you know, it's you're indoors. You know, you can't. Yeah. There's only so many. There's only so many hours you can hit balls into a net. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> I've seen a lot of that net your, stuff. Nets seem to be yeah. popular right now, don't they? So, so a lot of the players that I work with, I really encourage them to to do a lot of reading, whatever they want to read, to right. improve their mental game and to improve the mental program that they run with in their private lives and in, in their professional lives. Um, that's been the main thing because 
when we do get back to playing, depending on what the European Tour do, the conditions of keeping your card if they decide to do something like that is going to be really tough. And a lot of people are going to get really annoyed about some people will like it, some people will hate it because they're going to be in two camps of flipping neck. I'm, I'm 190th on the order of merit. How the hell am I going to get to 112 in three two or four tours? Fair pressure. <laughs> yeah, so the, you know, they're going to go into a very finite minded, oh my God, I've got to practice hard, I've got to do things. I've got to be here. Everyone has to be with me. And no, that's not what you have to do. You just have to go and play golf. Yeah. And be prepared. And do what you've got to do because everybody's, everybody's in the same boat. Mm. Apart, you know, apart from your top players who've got all the exemptions and things like that. But 90% of the fields are going to be in the same boat as you. So how you react to that and how, when you, is going to be really important. If you... If you panic and try to do something which is not you, then you're going to mess it up. Yeah, it's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be. It'll be interesting to see what they decide because I know mm. the challenge tour is basically not happening. I think that's yeah. gone, um, and the European Tour. I'll be very surprised if they actually have a like a qualifying this year. I think personally, for me, I would like to say right. Just if you have to play, just play, but. They're not getting back till September. The Ryder Cup's in September, which I'd be very surprised if that happens. Oh, definitely, yeah. The race to Dubai, I think, has been cancelled. So there's no race to Dubai. Um, and technically, the season ends in November. Mm. I think, personally, just right, play that season. Play out the, whatever tournaments are left, play those out. Come into 2021 and just start again. Yeah, just write it off, isn't it? Like, that's, that's yeah, just write it off. Just write it off. Nobody's affected. You just write it off and everybody start again. Yeah. That's right. But well, I think I agree with you, mate. I know. It's a, it's a, the thing is, it's a tough pill for people to swallow, isn't it? Or everyone. It is. But it it's is. reality, like. It is. It's, but, you know, sponsors, you know, sponsors and all things like that. I know it's, it's going to be, I'm only speaking it from a coach, you know, I'm not inside, you know, where you've got to deal with sponsors, mm -hmm. try to get the money for next year and all things like that. You know, it's not an easy, it's going to be a really, really difficult job for them. I feel sorry for them, but uh, it is what it is. I think it's the situation. same boat, aren't they? So, yeah. Just yeah. Off, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I think so. It'll be very, as I said, it'll be what it'll be, but um, we shall see. Cool. So, I mean, do you get back to Portugal much to visit visit your, your family still in Portugal, or have they left now? Or? No, I've got no one there now. No, no. Um, um, no, my grandmother died a couple of years back. Uh, so I tried to go. Last time I was there was the Senior Open. Yeah. That's the last time I was there. So I hopefully I'll be down there for the Ladies Open next year. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll try and get down there between now and then. But it's just it's just tough to get down there, really, oh, to course, be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, you can still um, have a few mates there, though. Do you like when you go back for the open and stuff? You should, you'll have a few. Yeah, mates there, I can, yeah. When I'm, you know, when I'm back there, when I'm back there, you know, I, I give all the boys a ring, say, "Look, I'm coming yeah. back down," and we'll arrange it. We'll like meet up at the Rose and Crown or something like that, or <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, and, and have a few beers and things like that, and uh, that's pretty cool, which I like. Um, but again. It's tough. It's, it's tough because I'm, you know, I'm there, but I'm also working as well. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. yeah, that's the thing you're actually working on. <laughs> you can't exactly go out and get absolutely no, hammered no. and more. And most of the players I work with like to go out early, so it's like, yeah, you get up at six and like <laughs> super yeah. early, super early, and you smell like a brewery. It's not exactly <laughs> a great, not exactly a great image to project. Um, um, but I see all I see all the boys and things like that, yeah. and let them know. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, that's pretty cool. And they're all married and got kids and things like that, so it's tough for them as well to get out. And so, so do you ever, do you ever play yourself these days? You know, because you're so busy coaching. Do you still play a bit or not? Uh, probably play about I know twenty times a year. Yeah, I it's think not. I've seen a few videos you put up, and you still look like you're playing good when you when you do play. You know, still yeah, 
um, I, I coach a student in Portugal um, uh, who invites me down yeah. for like a few days and we play every day there. That's, that's the most I play. Um, so that's, that, that's kind of like my play. And then, yeah, I play, I'm playing better now than when I was actually practicing when I was actually playing because I've kind of let go of the expectation. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's like um, that, when I play now, like, you know, I, I'm all, you know, I feel like I'm old now. So, and I don't think about much and I play a lot better. <laughs> basically. Yeah. You know, my, yeah, you know, like I've all, I've always been a good driver of the golf ball, so yeah, that helps. Yeah. And my short game is, because I'm, I'm demonstrating a lot in the short game, so that keeps me, you know, my in play still the same. It hasn't changed, but I've, I've hit enough golf balls over time now that I can still go out and... Yeah, of course. Play, like, I, I, played a, I played one, and like, I shot 64 with him once, which is the lowest I've ever done. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, it, it's not a long golf, it's not off the back tees, it's off like the members tees. But I shot 64 and I was like, like I, I hold it literally. I hold it. Hold I, I didn't miss away, and I hold everything. Yeah. Um, and we were coming down. It's like it's the lowest score I'd ever shot it ever. I've never gone lower than sixty. You know, sixty-eight was the lowest that yeah. I'd ever done before. Fifty-four. I was just rich. So I mean, down, I'm obviously teaching those short game drills all the time. I mean, is, does that just help you now? If you go out and play, obviously you're just straight into it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I go out now. My short game is is hot. So it's like I'm being. You know, you know, it's really, really hot. So I'm, I'm very lucky like that. So, um, yeah. uh, as like I said, you know, for me and you, we've, we've hit enough golf balls over time now. We just know what we're doing. We don't, and I accept when I hit a bad shot. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, it's fine. It's, that's what really should be happening. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. So I've relieved that pressure off myself to, so when I, you know, I probably shoot when I play, if I do play 18 holes, I'll shoot between probably 75 and 68, depending on how I'm doing. Uh, so pretty cool, really. But, you know, generally I'm around par most of the time. That's good, man. I, that's awesome. I guess, I mean, you talk to some people and they're like, oh, I'm so busy coaching and I haven't played in years. And, and it's sad. It's a bit sad, really, but. You know, no, they, they like, like, like I went through a stage where I didn't play like literally like five years. I didn't play. Yeah. Like I played once maybe, because um, I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to play. And then I, when I get when I got to Poland, then I just started playing a little bit more and and stuff like that. You know, I started kind of thinking, well, yeah, you need to start playing again because if you're gonna start demonstrating short game shots and things like that, you you need to be able to do what you're saying. You know, it's like, you know, don't ask, you know, when I'm with tour players, like, you know, it's like, don't ask me to hit an iron or a driver because I can't hit anything like you like that. But I can play you in a game of chipping around the green and I'll give you a good run for your money. You know, so cool. <laughs> uh, there's, there's nothing better when you beat the pros with their own clubs. Oh, it's quite, yeah. quite cool. <clears throat> so, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm conscious. I know you've got, you've got to talk to people, uh, you've got lessons and stuff like, so I don't want to don't want to keep you going much longer. But, um, no worries.